I'm Natalie Siston. And I'm Joy Schwartz. We are The The Collective Collective Voice. We are two college friends who will talk about issues that impact professionals at work and in life. This is Natalie to introduce the first episode of The Collective Voice for 2017. In this episode, Joy interviews Katherine Hatcher, who is a professional speaker, image communications expert, and president of Personas Image Dynamics. Catherine has worked with everyone from Hollywood superstars to Fortune 500 executives. I had two major aha moments as I listened to this episode. I happened to listen to it the first time on Friday, February 3rd, which was also Go Red for Women Day. I wondered to myself as I listened, are we unintentionally having women elevate their heart rates by wearing red all on the same day? Catherine will explain more in this episode. My second aha moment was that I must have really been onto something when I was working on my science fair experiment in eighth grade. When I was 14, I had my parents wear different colors, work under different color lights, and think about their favorite colors, and I tried to assess what that meant for their mood and their personality. Catherine talks about the science behind color in this episode and what we wear, how it matters to our audience, and the perceptions they might have of us. I won't spoil any more surprises, so from here, we'll go to the episode. I'm Joy Schwartz, and I'm here with Katherine Hatcher, who is, again, our first guest of 2017. Katherine works with individuals and companies who want to help their employees or customers improve outward appearance, inner presence, and their ability to communicate effectively by aligning their nonverbals with their verbal messaging. And for over 25 years, Katherine has actually been actively working in media, film, commercials, video production, and print. She conducts group workshops, training seminars, and presentations for large groups nationwide and internationally. And I am so excited to have her with us. But I also want to tell our listeners about how I became acquainted with Catherine. I actually got to know her as an image consultant in that part of her domain. I had engaged her to work with one of the employees I was working with at a previous employer, and this particular employee had some, some image challenges that we wanted to address, some image and communication challenges, and they were holding her back from uh, her being effective and for consideration for other opportunities on the job. So if I think back to the manager that I was working with at that time, to quote him, he said, Catherine really transformed her, and I had the opportunity to see it too. So in reflecting on some of the topics that Natalie and I have covered on our show, namely image, presence, communication, those are recurring themes for us. And Catherine had been on my list of guests since we started the podcast. And again, I'm so excited to have her with us and to hear more about her story. And I'm not going to spoil the secret sauce of all the cool things you've done. I'm going to let her tell us about them a little bit. So Catherine, I think I mentioned to you that Natalie and I usually like to start off by having our guests share a little bit about themselves in their, from their own words or in their own words, and then we'll, we'll pick up and have some fun Q&A. How does that sound? It sounds wonderful. Good. So I've been working in the film industry for over 25 years. We won't say how long, and we'll say that I started, say, like right around 10 years of age. Um, <laughs> and um, as I was working in the film industry, I was one of those people who would really pay attention to what was going on. And I began to notice that when we get you to buy, and I put in quotation marks, a character 
as Forrest Gump, for example. There's a lot of psychology that goes into creating uh, Forrest Gump. I mean, when you look at him, you don't say, oh, there's Tom Hanks. You say, oh, there's Forrest Gump. And it's, it's all in the way that they create this character. And they also take that same kind of psychology and they build it into products so that you'll buy them whenever you see a commercial. So you'll see a fabulous product. They've, they've spent a lot of time on color, lighting. Who's going to sell it? What, what's the, what is the um, dynamics around the product that they want to, to create so that you'll be interested in the product? And as I was noticing that and thinking mm -hmm. that I needed some bigger, newer challenges, I thought, what if I could take that psychology to the corporate world? Mm. What if I could teach people how to package themselves, like the film industry packages a Tom Hanks. Yeah. Or, or yeah. certainly. Tom Hanks' Forrest <laughs> Gump or a product. I mean, right. how many times does a mom go through the grocery store aisles and go, Mommy, 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 I want that? Because they've sold the child. They sell, you know, everyone on up on certain products. And so that's what I set out to do. That's awesome. And I have to uh, brag on you for a minute. So as I was uh, getting ready for our podcast, I went back and looked at some of the materials that Catherine had given me years ago when we worked together with this client. And I found this pamphlet. I'm showing it to Catherine now. And it has all these pictures of um, famous actors kind of earlier in their, their uh, acting careers. So there's actually a picture of her standing next to Tom Hanks. Was that, I guess, that was that uh, Forrest Gump prep, or was no, that for that another film? No, that was for the movie um, Apollo 13. Oh, amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's a picture of her with Kevin Bacon. There's one with Matt Damon. Um, one with, oh gosh. Ron I, Howard. Th thank you, Ron Howard. Mm -hmm. Hello. Mm -hmm. um, is that Jay Leno? That's Jay Leno. Mm -hmm. um, and is that, that can't be Larry David. Is that Larry David? Um, uh, he was the guy, and I'm, I'm sorry about names, uh, from, uh, the cruise ship show that was on. What was the Oh, name Love Boat. Yeah, Love Boat. He was the captain of the Love Boat. Oh my gosh, how and, cool. Uh, Steven Spielberg was one of my favorites to oh, work yeah. with, so. That's awesome. She's calling out some of the ones yeah. I'm too young to recognize, although yeah. I should know Spielberg. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, this is really cool. So. Um, now that I've bragged on her a little bit, she didn't know I was going to bring that up. But I did not. No, but I, I think what it, it credentials you a little bit, and I think it adds some credence to the story that you're, the messaging you just shared a minute ago, which is that you got your, your origins or in you know, creating a story or a character around a particular actor and then translating that into the work environment. So I guess thinking about that in, in a corporate setting, you know, what would you say some of the biggest challenges are that you help um, leaders or employees work through as it relates to image? I think some of the biggest challenges is um, the messaging piece. A lot of times people don't know what their particular message is. Yes, I show up to work and I'm a data um, analyst or I'm a CEO or I'm a, and, and whatever the title is. Right. But who are you as a person and how do you want to differentiate yourself from someone else? How, how do I want to move up within a company? Do I, do I want to just blend in with the rest of the employees or with the crowd or do I want to be noticeable? And I usually say get noticed for the right reasons. So if you're at the company mm -hmm. party with a lamp on your head, that's not the right reasons. People will remember you, but not for the right reasons. So it's really important to think about, okay, what is my messaging? And some of the biggest challenges that I think most people have are, are two of them. Um, actually, three of them. First mm -hmm. of all, 
they don't, there's a lot of people who don't have confidence in themselves as a person. They may be hide behind their title or um, they, they know they do a good job, but they don't have the confidence to move up to the next level. Mm-hmm. The second thing is they, they don't know who they are. Who, when I work with executives, sometimes I'll say, let's, let's make a definition of who you are. And it takes them a month. To figure yeah. that out. Because they never stopped to go yes, through that self-exploration right. process. And that's what we did with the employee that you uh, saw the transformation. Until you know who you are, mm. you can't really display that adequately. Well, until you know who you are, it's probably even harder to articulate who you want to become. Exactly. And generally, who you want to become is at the core of who you are. Mm. You know, sometimes we just blend into what everybody else is doing and we don't really stand on our own. The third thing is um, not understanding or or caring about the perceptions that other people have of you. Mm, because oh. they don't think it matters? No, or? there's some people who, if you don't like me the way I am, then that's oh. tough on you. I want to be this way, or I, I'm this way, so love me or leave me. And yeah, accept me as I am. Yeah, and, and I wish, I wish beyond wish that that it was a perfect world and we could do that. Yeah. But we can't because there are certain things that a company requires or that um, customers want to see. And if they don't see that, then they don't have trust and faith in you that you can do that. Yeah. Well, I think it's even more challenging, at least for those of our listeners who are based here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area or in some of those cities around the, the country where image and looks become even more important. Um, there, I think there are some geographic differences, but I think your point in that you have to figure out what those, um, maybe those unmentionables are that the organization expects of you as it relates to image and the way that you communicate, and you have to find ways to adapt if you want to progress. I think it's more than just, um, you know, the company dress code. You know, a lot of companies have yeah. them. Right. Uh, There's unspoken... Right. Yeah, the unspoken rules, right? Well, there's one company that I do a lot of work for. They have uh, a decent, I agree with the dress code that they have, yet I'll go and sit in their lunchroom before a presentation just to see how everyone's showing up and everybody, well, not everyone, but there's a lot of people who are not minding the the dress code. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes an issue of who's going to enforce it. And so they, they employ thousands upon thousands of people, and it's hard to enforce. And what people don't realize, and I remember being in a break room and a woman walks in with bright pink hair, Mm. are people going to take you seriously with bright pink hair? Now, I love the bright colors. They're beautiful if they're done well, and a lot of times they're not. But that's for certain audiences. It might be a retail establishment or... Or in the valley. Yes. If you're a software developer and you sit in your cube most of the day. But if you're interacting, yeah, mm-hmm. if you're interacting with anyone other than millennials or um, uh, customers, right. it can be shocking to them, and so you you could say, "Well, I don't care. That's that's what I like." Yeah. But really, part of presenting yourself and basically what you're doing is packaging yourself. It's packaging. We buy products based on packaging, yeah. and that's all you're doing is packaging you the product. Right. For your boss, for the customer, for whoever sees you. Absolutely. I, I just, I love the one saying that somebody said to me that looking nice is a gift that you give to other people. And oh, you think yeah. about a, a piece of art and, you, and 
people want to look at a piece of art, really, we as human beings are a piece of art. And we just have to be, um, we design the art to be pleasant for the people that we, that we interact with. And that shows that we care about them, that we respect them. And I read that in your book, and I thought, oh, that's so nice. And I started to think about, okay, what are the meetings I have, you know, the next day? And, you know, what, what kind of gift can I give the people that I'm meeting with to show that I'm serious about what we're covering and that I, I take our interaction seriously and that I value its importance? But I want to go back to what you said. You mentioned the word color a couple minutes ago, which was a trigger for me. So I want to share an anecdote uh, from some of our interactions. This was years ago but that still made, makes an impact on me now and has influenced half my closet. So a couple years ago when Catherine was working with this, um, this client of hers and a pre- for, with a previous employer of mine, I was about to leave. We were debriefing one of your sessions. I don't know if you remember this. We were sitting in my horrible office that had no windows. I wasn't even near any windows. And you asked me how I was doing just because you are a coach and you naturally were curious which I appreciated, and I kind of like went off the script on you about how worried I was to meet with this particular leader in another country who I had never met, and we hadn't gotten off to the best start. And you asked me, I think the first question you asked me is, so what are you planning to wear? And I just like looked at you kind of awestruck, like, what do you mean? And then I was like, what, you know, and then you said, well, what do you want? him to leave the dialogue thinking about you and I said I want him to trust me and then you suggest then you asked me do you have anything blue in your wardrobe and then you further you know expounded upon the color and all that and so I promptly went out and bought like three blue shirts and packed them with me to go overseas and since then half of my closet is blue and even when I put on blue in the morning sometimes my husband will ask oh who do you have meetings with today or do you have a big meeting with so-and-so this morning so you know, it's so you definitely left that impression on me with color. And so I would love for you to share with our audience a little bit more, like without revealing your trade secrets and all that good stuff. But what um, what's the story with color and how did you develop? I'm, I'm actually looking at a, this color card that Catherine developed that has every color of the rainbow and then some and, and what it means. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about color in general and then explain the card itself, too. So we human beings are psychologically, physiologically, and um, affected by color by tradition and the things that we learn. So those are the three ways color affects us. Mm -hmm. And um, when I first started really researching color, I thought, oh, this can't be true. And then I started testing it. And, oh, my gosh, the things that I learned about color was amazing. So when the reason I asked you to mm-hmm. wear blue or suggested kindly that yes, you that did. You didn't tell her. It wasn't that directive of an order. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. It's because blue is one of those colors that that speaks about trust and high esteem and, and honesty. And there are certain sh- shades of blue that say trust more than others. Some that say that you are credible. And if you want trust and credibility, we're looking at the mid-tone blues to the navies. Mm. If you need to calm someone down, we're looking at the light shades of blue. Which so, is what I just wore in a performance right. uh, review intentionally. A nice. Yes. So, so carry on. Forgive my interruption. So here's the thing. Light blue. Mm-hmm. Let, let me go to the, an opposite reaction. Red, for example. A lot of people okay. go, oh, I, I need to show power, so I'm going to wear the red power tie. And actually, red is not the power color. 
Hmm. It is not the power color. Hmm. It's it's the aggressive color. Hmm. So if you want to say I'm aggressive, or it has an opposite meaning that says I'm passionate. Hmm. And the reason it has such a broad range of feelings attached to it is because when we first see red, our heart rate actually speeds up. Ah. So when you think about what emotions, because everything that we do, we are emotional creatures and everything we do is driven by our emotions. That's one of the first things that we have to really get in touch with, our emotions, when we're thinking about how to interact with other people. I digress. Back to red. (laughs) If you're wearing red, people are Mm going to have one of two feelings. They're either going to be passionate about you in a good way, Mm -hmm. or they're going to be standoffish about you in a bad way because... Our heart rate goes up when we're angry or when we're passionate or in love. Mm. So red can carry both of those emotions that actually really does not only speed up the heart rate, but it raises the blood pressure. Mm. On the opposite end of the spectrum is light blue. Light blue actually slows the heart rate down. Mm. You will see hospital scrubs in what color? Light blue. Light blue. And you will see sometimes a darker blue for trust. You know, so right, or the navy suit, the navy right. business suit, oh, or pilots, right. yes, flight attendants, right? Yeah. So back to light blue. Even some cardiac unit walls are painted light blue, so a patient's heart rate will come down before they go into surgery. Well, interesting. And so light blue actually slows the heart rate down, so it's very calming. So if you have to give a performance review that may not go over so well, mm-hmm. I would not wear red. <laughs> I would wear light blue. So psychologically, we are, and physiologically, those two colors affect the body in a very physiological way. Mm-hmm. There's a psychological way, and some colors are, are the same no matter what country you're in. And then there are learned responses to colors. Mm-hmm. So, for example, the Chinese will marry in red rather than in white. So that's a learned response. It's different for some countries than others. When I went to Korea to speak... I thought, oh, the blue. No, no, in Korea, it's pink. Pink mm-hmm. actually displays tr- trust and those sort of things. So I had to research what other countries like. And you know what? When I was there, a lot of the businessmen were wearing pink ties. Here in the U.S., you don't see so much of that. It's interesting that you mention, I think you even see it in packaging of food. Now that you mention, I'm, I'm thinking about labels and, and that sort of thing. So Absolutely. Totally makes sense. Absolutely. And... The physiological response to some colors, red actually makes you more hungry. You'll see restaurants use a lot of red because when you walk in that door, you go, oh, it smells so good in here, and suddenly I'm hungry. But it might be the fact that there's a lot of red in there. Mm, Whereas blue takes your appetite away. And remember, years ago, there used to be the blue plate specials. And they would give you blue plates because food doesn't look as good on blue, so you would eat less of it. So they could tell you you could have as much as you wanted. But you didn't ever want very much because they served it to you on a blue plate. Oh, so if you're trying to lose weight, put a blue light bulb in your in your refrigerator, and you'll look in there looking for something to eat, and nothing really appeals to you. You shut the refrigerator and go on to bed. Hmm. And maybe we should eat on blue plates as well. Oh, yes. I tested that once by mistake. Uh, my husband loves my breaded pork chops and one time I got these brand new blue napkins and I put them down I used to eat two of them and this one night I the, the new blue napkins he only took one and I said are you are you feeling okay because no I'm just not hungry huh it was a blue napkin how about that so, so, so an ex- interesting experiment for sure 
So, so while we're on the topic of color, I am, um, so I read your book and I saw, I read that there are different colors that are better for different skin tones. So yes, you should, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but there are certain colors that are good to wear based on the messaging you're trying to convey mm-hmm. for our previous conversation. But then there are, are also colors that are ideal for your skin and hair type, right? Your coloring, which we've heard about. And there's different schools of thought on that anyway. But so I, di- I thought I diagnosed myself accurately in the like, was it the Liv Tyler, like Anne Hathaway, like yes. super fair skin, dark hair camp. So um, I would love for you to like, Tell me, give me advice on what you think I should wear. What colors are good for me based on my type? Well, actually, you were very, you're correct. And the colors that you have on, which none of you can see mm-hmm. right now, are the whites. And, and, you know, it really does liven your, your skin up because mm-hmm. you're so, it's some, so many people look at themselves as an autumn, spring, winter, um, uh, what am I Fall. Thinking? Fall. That's autumn. Autumn, oh, sorry. Spring, spring, winter, winter summer. summer. Thank there you. we go. Got it. And, uh, so we don't I, have I all those see, seasons in yeah, Dallas, right, so we forget right, what they are, right? Yeah, so I see you more <laughs> as a winter type as I am. Mm. So the thing is, is in the book that I wrote, I didn't really go into the four seasons, but mostly, are you can you handle contrast and, and what colors look best against your skin? And it's really easy to diagnose by putting silver or gold against your skin and see mm. what, what washes out. And and basically, more than anything, I'm a neutral. I can go a, a broad range. Mm. But that said, yes, it's good to know about what areas or what colors look best on you. So you need the clear, brighter colors. Jewel tones. Yes, jewel tones. Um, but that said, if you need to communicate a message mm-hmm. because you're meeting with someone, and let's say that um, orange is the color, which doesn't normally look good on you as much because you want to say, I'm fun and we got this fun project and, and yep. you may need to wear it. So what, what do you do when you need to wear a color that's out of your best color spectrum? And that is just put another color with it that is good. So just like layer it. So in our, actually my company's uh, color is orange. Like it's in our mm-hmm. logo and you know, when we're showing pride, we tend to wear orange, and I don't think orange is a good color for me at all. But to your point and to your color card, it conveys energy. It's cheerful. So sometimes there are times when it's good to wear orange, and maybe I back that up with navy. You know, some navy pants or a navy um, cardigan or something like that to you know get something that conveys a little more professionalism and something that's a darker contrast for right. my fair skin. And even cream sweater over an orange would be nice. But back to navy, oh. whenever you pair orange and blue together, they speak great strength. And, and so one of my other clients uses orange a lot. And you have to be careful with orange because when you see orange, you, you associate things like Whataburger or sales signs. And what do you say with sales and Whataburger? They are what? Cheap. Yes, and you don't want to look cheap. No, we don't want that. So... Put colors with it that are more sophisticated. So, like a navy is very sophisticated. A and B. When when uh, back in the day when they were making um, uh, laundry detergent boxes and they wanted their laundry detergents to speak great strength, we can get your stain out. You see a lot of mm-hmm. blue and orange, right? Because they do communicate great strength when they're pulled together. Interesting. Now, I would not wear. Orange with black. Why? Because what would we associate it with a lot is Halloween. Halloween. Right. 
So it's just, so now you're going, gosh, there's so much I got to think about. Right. But once you get in the habit of thinking about it, it becomes natural where you just walk in your closet and go, today I have this meeting and this meeting. They're two different kinds. What two colors can I blend together to work for both my meetings? Yeah. And you start blending them then. Well, and that was a beautiful segue into where I wanted to go next, which is kind of the topic of women. So, you know, Natalie and I are two achievement-oriented MBA grads, and we are, like, super type A, and we we try to make time to think about these kind of things, but we're both working moms, as, as are many of our listeners, and that was part of the reason why we started the podcast, because there are lots of people like us who are trying to figure out how to balance all of this. And this sounds like one more thing. So, so there's two, well, there's two questions I wanted to ask, but I guess what advice would you offer for, you know, women who are already like killing themselves just to get out the door to carve out time or intention to focus on the message we convey with our image and our clothes? Select your clothes the night before. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Which, which sounds so like obvious, but, um, you know, I do this myself, and rarely do I change my mind when I get up in the morning. Yeah. First of all, when I get up, I'm not a morning person at all. Okay. And my children are grown and out of the house, so things are a little bit easier for me. But I do have four-legged children that need to be fed and pottied and all of that. <laughs> so I always select my clothes the night before because I'm more conscious about what tomorrow is going to hold. So I look at my schedule Okay, I have this and this. This is casual. This is not. So for this one, I'm going to wear this basic outfit, and then I'm going to layer a jacket over it or something else that's going to be more dressy when I get to my second appointment. And so I'm thinking ahead, and I lay them out, and then in the morning, it's so nice. If it needs ironed or steaming, which I'm a big proponent of steam. Oh, yeah, uh, steamers will change your life. Buy yourself a professional steamer don't buy one of the little cheapy ones you will be so happy and i know this is you know uh, even spray starch works on your clothes as you steam so it makes things look snappy and fresh Mm. so there's a new tip yeah i like it um so i'm I'm channeling my like late grandmother fran when you talk about spray starch but there's a reason it works so well i'll tell you what there's there is a difference between something that is ironed and something that is steamed and something that is ironed will always look crisper but i want to look crisp but i don't it it doesn't look stiff or anything so i just buy spray starch and i spray the garment Mm -hmm. i walk away and make myself a cup of tea because i don't you know for my morning then i come back and i steam it and it's it it makes a huge difference in the way the garment looks. How about that? So anyway, so plan it the night before, and if you have to make a last minute change in the morning, at least most of the outfit usually works. Well, it's interesting you bring it up because I think I was having this conversation with someone once, and I said, "Yeah, it's so much easier when I travel. I just don't have to think." But it's the same thing, right? You're just planning ahead. You work with what you have, and that's it. You planned it the night, you know, the, the when you're packing. You might have thrown in a couple of extra options just in case, which I always do because I never, every time I get to where I'm going, I wish I hadn't brought this. I wish I had something else. So I always, I do a couple, usually they're just a couple extra tops or shirts or blouses or something options. And then I, uh, then like you said, okay, here's, here are my options to work with. I have to make them work. So you make them work. So. Um, so I want to ask you one, um, what, at least one more question before we kind of bring ourselves to a close and kind of on the related topic, right? Working women, we don't have that much time. What should we do to accelerate our routine? 
But there's also, I have a friend, she says, there are a thousand things we can do wrong before we walk out the door in the morning. You know, whether it's accessories or our shoe choice or, you know, our pants aren't, any number of things. You know, guys don't have the same thing. You and I talked about this, right? For men, you know, no one cares if they have a pot belly or if their khakis are a little wrinkled or they wore the same polo shirt they wore last week. You know, the rules are different. Mm -hmm. So in your work with women who are trying to progress in a corporate environment, because I'm sure you've coached women as well as men, um, what what advice do you give them or what are some of the common challenges that you see them face when it comes to image and how would you translate that to some advice for our listeners? So the biggest thing is if there, there are three ways we communicate. We communicate non-verbally. Yep. We communicate with our tone of voice and we communicate with the actual words that we say. The nonverbal piece is the biggest piece mm-hmm. because we see what you wear, which is packaging. We see your gestures. We see everything and we make most of our decisions about a person based on what we see rather than what they say. The biggest thing a person can do, and especially a woman, because I think it's tough for women uh, because of the demands on us, is that confidence that even mm. if I spilled coffee on myself, but I wear that coffee well, <laughs> it is I can I I can overcome that. So holding your head high and and walking in and, and creating that confidence, saying. You know what? I don't care what happens today, but I'm going to make a difference. Yep. And being intentional about your day, I write out my intentions for the day mm. before I leave. I intend today to do these things. And part of that is what am I going to think about today? I'm going to be positive no matter what. And in that positive piece will overcome everything else we could do is the attitude piece. Yeah. So attitude, so and then planning the night before, and then thinking about what do I want people to think, feel, or believe about me mm-hmm. when I show up. So thinking is the intellectual part. How do I want them to think about me? Um, feel about me is the soft side. What do I want them to feel about me? That I have a sense of humor, that I care, that I'm whatever it is. And then believe is the integrity piece. I want them to believe I'm honest, that I'm a hard worker, and that I'm loyal. Those So planning that in your mind and then showing up that way and by using color and even wardrobe psychology which is in the book yeah polo shirt says something very different than a button-down shirt so it's thinking about if i need to be buttoned up because it's it's a stronger piece of clothing for the boss who is always on me then i'm going to wear it right rather than a low-cut shirt, or maybe the cut's not low-cut, the shirt's not low-cut, but when you lean over, it flops forward, and everybody can see down to your belly button. I've seen the, I've seen these things in the workplace, and it yeah. just doesn't communicate the right things. So it's thinking through, will a jacket make the message work for me, or do I need to be more casual for the employee who's having a hard time? It's mm-hmm. really thinking about what do I want them to think, feel, or believe about me, planning it the night before, and then executing it with confidence and a positive attitude. That about sums it up. <laughs> no, I, I couldn't plan it better. So, you know, I think you're right. You, you you even mentioned it to me earlier today when we were just chatting on the phone that the what's going on on the inside is even more important than what's happening on the outside. You know, we have to control the that piece first in order to convey the image we want. We can overcome so many shortcomings that we may have with the right attitude, with just being positive, with thinking the right thoughts. Yeah. It's amazing. 
it's amazing difference it makes. I love it. Well, let's leave our audience on that positive note, shall okay. we? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we'll let Natalie kind of summarize her thoughts for us in the close. Okay. But before we formally close, I'd love for you to share with our audience how they can find you to learn more about your work. Or if they want to work with you, what would be the best approach to take? Well, there's my website. Uh, it's personasid.com. And it's, think about the word persona with an S on it. It's P-E-R-S-O-N-A-S-I-D.com. Mm-hmm. Or you can email me, Catherine at PersonasID.com. And let me spell Catherine because my mm-hmm. mother, I think, misspelled it. Um, <laughs> it's C-A-T-H-R-I-N-E. There's no E in the middle. Okay. You can find me on Facebook. Catherine Hatcher, professional speaker, is on Facebook. So you can find me there, too. And your book is on your website, but also on your book's on Amazon as yes. well, correct? Yes. And the color card is on your website too. The color card is on the website. It's in redesign, but you can pre-order the new the new design, which will have wardrobe psychology on the back and color psychology on the front. Oh, cool! All right, we'll have to get that for sure. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with me, Catherine. You're I really welcome. enjoyed getting a refresh on all your your good material, and hopefully our listeners did too. And and thanks again. You're very welcome. Well, there you have it. Our first episode of 2017 is in the books. I have three major takeaways from the episode. First is that I need to buy more light blue clothing. Second is that I need to get some spray starch. And third is that I won't let the restaurant design make me overeat in the future. To find Joy, go to joyschwartz.com. And to find me, Natalie, go to smalltownleadership.com. Thanks for joining us, and be sure to check out future podcasts of The Collective Voice on iTunes. This is Natalie Siston, and this is Joy Schwartz with The The Collective Collective Voice. Voice.